Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And on today's show, we've got Sean Channel. He is the owner of Just Launch, and we're going to talk sales with Sean. But first, I want to shout out to the Philippines. We've got a contingent over there, and we never say hello. So hello to the Philippines. Hey, Philippines. It's Thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're here. Yes. Reach out to us. We want to know how you found out about us. We it's really, really do. Yeah. And we want to know what topics you want to hear about. Exactly. You you are our number one listening audience, so we want to serve you the best we can. Outside of the U.S. and Canada. Well, that is true. Yes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, we're going to talk sales today, and I want to talk to Julie about her journey becoming the VP of sales for SBPs. <laughs> Did I just get demoted? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah, it, it's been interesting. I, I think, you know, so the most interesting part of the fact that I, you know, I'm now the, I thought you were going to say the journey to the number one salesperson at SB base. Well, there's that too. But yes. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of competition though. In fact, there's no competition. Zero really. competition. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has been, uh, it, it's been challenging, I think. And it has been, um, there's been a lot of unexpected twists and turns, and I've had to I've had to learn a lot. I think the first thing that I had to learn was that we needed a salesperson. You know, it took us a while to figure that out, which is embarrassing, but that's just part of being an entrepreneur, and I embrace that, right? We didn't know that right away. Um, and then figuring out how to sell, who I was selling to, we, we kind of knew who the ideal customer was that we were going after, but what that sales process looked like and I feel like we have a really good grip on it now right like we understand um once somebody is in our pipeline getting them to the other side and as a signed customer or client is pretty easy for us we're very I think we have a very high um success rate with that I wouldn't I don't know for sure but I'm gonna guess it's around 75 percent I don't know. Well, if you think about all the people that we've written proposals for, how many of them we've actually closed? Yeah, I mean, it, it is high. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the three different sales phases, you've got the pre-sale, mm-hmm. during the sale, and post-sale. Correct. We're really good at number two and number three. We number are. one is the one that, and that we need to work on. We do, um, we do. And I think that part of the problem that we have is, like, it, it our clients aren't easy to find because we work with a lot of startups, people who want to start a business, people who have a small business that they want to turn into a full-time business or whatever. And there isn't like a, like a, a Facebook group that you can go to. I don't think, I don't know. I don't don't know know either. I should look. Maybe you should. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I would agree. I think the reason that, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons that um, we are not a lot. There are multiple reasons why I feel like phase one is the most challenging phase for, for us, but I feel like it's going to get a lot better over the next couple of months. The first one is that I think we really struggled with the differentiation, right? How do we differentiate ourselves from everybody else? What are we better at? What? How can we stand out and rise above the noise? And absolutely, the branding work that I've been doing with David Breyer is helping me to understand that better. And that's such a key part of actually getting people into your pipeline, right? So we used to be like, well, they have to know you exist. And I think this past week, we've had a couple of things, which we're not really ready to talk about yet on our podcast, but ooh, teaser, teaser, um, that have, we've had things that have happened to us that when we look at them more objectively, make it clear that people know we exist. It's that we're not, do we're, and I say we, but it might just be me, 
not great at showing how we're different and why people should choose us over someone else to help them either start a business or become more operationally sound. And that's the kind of stuff that we're digging into. Um, and it's been, it's, it's been fun. And I have, a, you know, there's a, we have a number of people in our network that are sales pros and I'm using air quotes around pros because I think when you're an entrepreneur, everybody has to do sales and it just really, how, we, how good you are at it, I think varies greatly. There's a very big scale in there in terms of, you know, some people are just doing enough to get by. Some people are, you know, killing it every day. I, I think it's hard to kill. For me personally, what I find hard to do is I find it hard to kill it every day knowing that we've got all of these other aspects of our business that I also have to focus on. That's not a complaint. It's just you you have to figure out where is it most important for me to spend my time right now. And the only way I'm going to get better at sales in phase one is by spending more time in there, which means I have to give you more work, Corey. That's fine. And we'll outsource that to somebody else. Um, <laughs> but I think we need to start charging David Breyer for the amount of times that he gets mentioned on this podcast as of recently. Ooh, um, let's do it. Yeah, I'm fine I'm, with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll send him an invoice. Yes, do it. Um, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, the, the problem that we have, and this was a part of the work that you were doing, which we, you and I haven't really had a chance to discuss too much quite yet, um, was the like our approach to who we are, because we know what we do. We know that we're good at it. We know that it's work that everybody needs to get done, mm -hmm. but it's nothing sexy. It's nothing fun. It's like, here's all of the boring work that you have to do to be successful. And then there's like a little, like a couple of fun things that we do outside of that. And like selling that be like, Hey, it's like, you know, eating your vegetables Right. Yay. <laughs> so, so here's the funny part. And I'm going to, again, mention David Breyer. And I'm also going to mention our friend Lauren Johnson, right? Because she's in that branding masterclass as well. I brought that up. I said, what we do is boring. And I really thought that they were going to like murder my face. So this is what they came back with. What, what we do is boring in the same way that what, and I can't wait to see your face and audience, I'm so sorry you're not going to be able to see his face on this. What we do is boring in the same way that what Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Tom Brady, what they do is boring. It is. Okay, perfect. And and that's the thing is like, it's the repetition. It's yes. the, you know, it's the process. It's the waking up early every day and going to the gym and getting your reps and being early to the, you know, the team meetings and all that stuff. Yeah. It's all of that stuff. Of course, everybody wants to, to be the person, you know, hoisting a trophy, throwing it to Gronk across the water on a boat. That does Tampa sound Bay. fun. It does sound fun, but, <laughs> um, but you can't get there without all of the boring, repetitive work at the right. beginning. Right. Right. Winning is, is consistent activities over and over again. So um, yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page there. So let's, um, how about if we take a quick break and then we bring in Sean? Sounds good. We'll see you on the other side. We've launched a whole new coaching program aimed at helping small business owners accelerate their revenue. This one-on-one, -on -one, well, technically two, coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and at $600 a month, it's priced perfectly for any small business owner. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. We've got Sean on, and we're going to talk sales today. What's happening, Sean? How you guys doing? So good. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excited to, to be here. Fantastic. Yeah, my neighbor just decided to start mowing his lawn. So if you hear background noise right now, it's our Jason. Sound, our sound studio is uh, my kitchen. So <laughs> <laughs> apologize for that. So you are a sales pro, sales ex sales pro. I am. Uh, now, I'll be honest, I did not start off as a sales pro. My first eight years in sales were dismal. Uh, the last 15 to 17 years have been much better, but it took a long time for me to figure that out. So, but yes, nowadays uh, we help small businesses launch their sales teams. So that includes sales training, sales methodology, helping them hire, train, develop, build out their sales programs. Uh, I have a question for you. Okay. Eight years in sales, being dismal at it is, that's a long time. How did you not quit? You know, I don't know if I'm stubborn, uh, a glutton for punishment. It was just attempt after attempt. I, I truly believed I could figure it out. And so I just kept trying. I did uh, real estate for a couple of years, uh, car sales for about a year, took a, a four-year break to go to college, got my degree in economics, and then went immediately back into car sales and still sucked. Did that. <laughs> and then went into the door-to-door uh, sales for about two and a half years and then finally moved into technology sales and that's really where it started to come together for me but honestly it was just a belief that if I kept trying new things I would figure out something that worked okay I a couple of things I have I heard a while ago that the only the surest way to become good at sales is to do door-to-door sales. Like that is the hardest way to basically, what's that saying? Grow your teeth, get your teeth. I don't know. I'm making up a saying. Now Corey's looking at me like I'm nuts. Like the, cut your teeth? Cut your teeth. There you go. That's it. Cut your teeth is door-to-door sales. Um, so I want to ask you, what were you selling door-to-door? Uh, it was, we were a marketing company. And so we were selling promotions for entertainment venues. So that meant uh, we did one for the Seattle Supersonics back when they were here. Uh, we would do a lot of day spas. We would do restaurants. So they were different packages for a, a business designed to bring people in and try out their services and you know, ideally get them to spend more money and keep coming back and, and build that clientele. Very similar to what Groupon does uh, digitally these days, but we marketed it uh, per business on a door-to-door basis. One of the things that I, I think for a lot of people that is so intimidating or hard about sales is that rejection, is that, you know, knowing that nine out of 10 times you're going to get a no. Um, so how do you, like, when you're training people, how do you, how do you, uh, you know, account for that? Well, I help them understand that it's part of the game. Um, for me, and that was a big struggle of mine early on in my sales career, was every time I got that no, I felt like a failure. And that failure eats at your self-confidence until you start to believe that you are not worthy of, you know, people's business. Door-to-door taught me something completely different. Once, one, you become immune to rejection when you're talking to 100 people a day and 90 of those people are telling you no. And we're talking with, you know, pistols and screaming and calling the cops and, you know, pretty harsh rejection. But statistically speaking, you start to understand it doesn't matter how good you are 
there's always going to be a percentage of people who say no. And all you can do is play with that percentage a little bit. So then it becomes a game of percentages versus taking it personally. That rejection is something I'm not doing right. It's really just a law of averages and you have to play those numbers to find the right people to buy your product. And the rest of the people don't really matter. They weren't supposed to be your customers in the first place. Yeah. I, um, there, I'm, I'm curious if you've ever read the book rejection proof by, um, have not. I know I'm going to say the name wrong. It's like Jia Jing, like J I A J I A N G. Um, I read that book while well, listened to it, um, mid-year last year and I have to say it gave me an entirely different perspective on rejection it's just you know at a very very high level he sets out to for a hundred days every day to get rejected in some way to and and really makes these great observations and it probably he's about you know a third of the way through when he realizes that rejection is almost never about you, the person who's making the offer, it's really about the person who's receiving the offer and what it is that they need and what they're looking for. And it was, it's a really interesting, it's a great book. I love it. And I, whenever somebody is just starting in sales or struggling, that's the book I recommend to them because I think it's fantastic. And I agree, not everybody can be your customer and you wouldn't want everybody to be your customer. You don't have the capacity or the time to, to work through all of that. So knowing who your customers are and being just sort of settling into rejection is a really good way to, to hit it as a salesperson. Yeah. And I don't know that you ever fall in love with rejection, but you can certainly get used to rejection. Right. I mean, I've done the math. It's close to 70,000 times I was rejected during my door to door sales time. You know, you throw in that, on top of my dating life and that's a whole lot of rejection. So <laughs> you may not love it, but you get used to it. I was just going to say, I imagine there's people out there who've been rejected that much during dating, but you, you, you beat me to it. So well played. And it, I think that, I mean, sales like definitely is um, something that people have, like it, it's kind of like inherent in them. Like it's a part of your personality, like going out there and selling to people. Cause like I am not a salesperson whatsoever, but that's also because I view, I think everybody thinks the same way I do. Like if you, if I want or need something, I'm just going to go get it. Like if somebody walks up to my door and they're like, Hey, do you want to buy this thing? No. Cause I would have already gone and gotten it. So get out of here. Like, and so like, that's the way I look at things like scram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> cocks a shotgun. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, yeah, it's just like that approach. Cause like I've, I've, I was in restaurants for years and, and selling in restaurants is easy because people show up. They like, I already know that they want something to eat or drink. So, you know, selling them something then, like upselling all of that, it, that like that's easy. But like, I couldn't walk down the street and say, hey, do you want to buy this hamburger? Like, <laughs> like that. Well, only, that would be weird. That would be weird. But also, it's just one of those things where it's just like, well, if you want a hamburger, you probably already have one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, Corey's the most likely to give you stuff for free. Right, you have to remind them, like, no, we people have to pay us to do that. When it, yeah, when it comes to talking, <laughs> like I, products, I can, yeah, I can put a cost to that. But yeah, you want to talk? That's free. <laughs> But, all right, later, Sean. <laughs> I, did you did you piss him off? I guess. That's so weird. He well, just we lost like, Sean, but we'll... Uh, we'll just keep going. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the... Uh, it's, it's a weird... It's a weird thing for me, like, sales. Because, again, it's just, like, the, the, the concept of, like, going out and trying to get people versus, like, I feel like if people want or need something, they're already actively looking for it. Yeah, but I think a lot of times people don't know exactly what they're looking for, right? So 
I, I look at it like this, like Google kind of knows if you go to Google and you're searching, you know what you're looking for and you're just trying to narrow it down. But that that's it's sort of a fetch type of a transaction, whereas on social media, it's really part of it's a more of a like they're coming to you. Right. So all of a sudden you see an ad like I know so many people, myself included, who when I see an ad on social media, I was like, Oh, I didn't even know I needed that. <laughs> I should buy that right now, right? So it's an interesting thing. Like I would never go, I would have never even thought to go to Google and look for it, but I would absolutely buy it if it was dis- you know, presented to me on social media. Sure, and uh, just a quick example, I was at the gym the other day and there was this like infomercial going on for some sort of like all-in-one floor cleaner and I was like, oh, that looks really cool. And it just reminded me that I need to clean my floors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean, welcome back. Yeah. We just kept rolling. Yeah. <laughs> hey, awesome. So we're, we're glad you rejoined us. Yes, we were like, yeah, do we piss him off? Just, <laughs> I was like, done. what did you say, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> so what is your, what, what's your, what do you like best about sales, right? Like what, what is it that keeps you coming back to it over and over and over again? Mm-hmm. And then I want to dig in a little bit into what it is that you do for helping small businesses to get better at sales. Well, they're very close related. Uh, and I think Corey's going to touch on this. A lot of people are innately good at sales and that was not me. So the trouble with a lot of sales training and a lot of you know, sales programs out there is they're built by people who are innately good at sales and they miss that jump between not good at sales and okay at sales or have a, you know, a, a natural tendency towards sales. I had to develop a formula to go from not being good at all, all the way up through being great at it. So there's a gap that I help fill. And honestly, what keeps me coming back to working with salespeople and training salespeople is sales is really around helping people and being effective communicator. And I can't make them want to help people, but I can help them improve their communication skills. And if I help people improve their communication skills for sales, that translates into every single aspect of their life. It helps their personal relationships, it helps their other business relationships, helps their ability to ask for a raise, work with their kids, all of those things. And so I see people literally transform their lives when they go from not being great at communication to becoming really good at it that spreads out to everything else and to me that's what drives my passion that's where my focus and and love of this comes from is it's beyond sales it goes much further um beyond just the the making the sale point i i love that i when you talked about you know being not good all the way through being great at it what it reminded me of is how frequently when people are doing like learning something or you're starting a business or you're, you know, you're going from start to proficient or start to successful. People so rarely talk about what happens in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. And the middle is really that that's the grind. Like, like, you know, I can remember early on when Corey and I started SB Pace and we would, we would sit at this table, the same table that we're sitting at right now. We would sit at this table for, Oh, sometimes 16 hours a day, right? Like sun up to well past sundown, working, working, working. And I remember one time I looked at him and I said, 
there's going to come a day when we're going to miss this. And he was like, no, there never will. I will never miss working this many hours. And I'm like, no, someday you will. Right. Because the middle is not fun. The start is fun. And when you get to six, when you become really successful, it gets really fun again. But that middle part, it sucks. And that's where you like really have to like dig your heels in and you have to stick it out. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's that you're, you know, like another perfect example, right? I have been, I started going back to boxing classes in the middle of June, right? And I deter, I said, I set a goal for myself that I was going to get really good at the speed bag. So it was really exciting at first because I could see these pretty quick improvements and I have this goal that I want to hit. And now it's just monotonous. Like every day I go in there and I got to hit that damn bag and I'm like, oh my God, I hate this bag. But I know I can't get to here. I can't get to that success and that goal if I don't do the middle. So I love that. I love that you talk about having to go all the way through it and teaching people the communication part and really helping them through the middle piece because that's where people suck. Yeah, it is. And that's one of the reasons that second question you ask is how I help small businesses. A lot of small business owners don't have the sales skills to make themselves successful. They might have the product. They might have the business. They might have the passion. But I work with a lot of small business owners just to help them become more proficient at sales. But in addition to that, if you really want to grow your business and you really want to expand, you have to build a sales team. And a lot of business owners think that's as simple as hiring a salesperson or two. And almost always what happens is they find those salespeople comes with a revolving door. They don't have the same passion. They don't have the same knowledge. They don't have the same skill set. And so it all falls back on the owner. Well, as the owner, you have to run your business. You can't be the business. And so by helping them find the right people, train those people, build out a process and a formula so that they have a, a sales team that they can keep adding on and scaling, that gives them a foundation for success so they can focus on running their business and let the sales team focus on the sales. And that's such a good point there about building out those processes because I love processes. But <laughs> That's the uh, only part he picked up on what you yes, just said. You said process <laughs> and I perked up. But uh, um uh, but it, I mean, it, it's so true in that, like, when it comes to any problem in a small business, people, they, they, they try and just throw a solution at it without thinking out the whole plan behind it that, you know, that uh, the salesperson needs to understand the culture, they need to be a part of the team, like all of these different things that need to be included that people oftentimes they don't because they're just like, all right, uh, how much does this cost to solve this problem? I'll pay it. And then, huh, weird, it didn't work. You know, so that, that that's a, a, like such a great point there about the, the training and the process behind it, for sure. What's the yeah. um, what's your thought on um, the size that a sales team needs to be like? What are you measuring it against? Is it in respect to like total employees? Is it in, is it in respect to revenue? Like, is it in respect to the length of the sales process? Like, how are you how, how are you guiding people on that? Yeah. So all of those are factors, um, you know, it depends on. It can be everything is from the, the size of the territories, right? There's some sales models where you need people out in the field. And so we have to look at, you know, what, what's your coverage area? So how many people do you need out in the field? Some sales models we can do from an in, you know, in-house outbound perspective. So we can hire maybe one or two salespeople to call from an office or call from their homes. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Depends on the industry, the product, all of those things. But we have to take a, you know, 
time to figure out what the right formula is for you based off of your business. How many new clients can you handle? If you know, I give you one or two salespeople and they're bringing on two to five new clients per month, do you have the resources on the back end to, to fulfill, right? Um, you know, if you're a services business, that looks much different than say if you have a, a product business. So we have to identify all of those components in order to figure out what model looks best for you. And, you know, we work with them to figure out what type of salesperson, you know, what's the sales profile, you know, people think all salespeople are the same and that's just not true. There's different sales types within the sales world. And we have to figure out which one will be best for your model. And maybe there's even multiple people we need for different portions of the sales process. What do you tell to entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners who are just starting out and they have a staff of maybe one, if they're a solopreneur or, you know, two or three, and they don't have the funding to pay a salesperson yet. So what do you, how, how would you guide a company like that? Well, I think the first step is, and I work with a lot of individuals like that, companies like that, is they have to become really proficient at sales themselves. And that's something I don't think a lot of small business owners think about when they jump into uh, entrepreneurship is you are the salesperson and you will be the salesperson for you know six months, six years. Like you will be the primary person responsible for sales. And so I work with a lot of them to help them become really proficient at sales. But there are also uh, contract positions. In fact, we offer a contract service to our company where we have someone who will do outbound sales calls for you. And so you can contract with us and you know our team will make those sales calls for you to set the appointment so then you can come in and close those deals on your own. So there are some options out there for companies who don't have the ability to hire a full-time salesperson, uh, but they have to obviously invest in either educating themselves or hiring someone to do that sales for them, whether it's contract or full-time. Yeah, I that makes complete sense. Um, embarrassingly enough, um, I, we completely resonate with, you know, what you said about, you know, you're gonna be the salesperson for the first six months when you're starting or whatever, because, well, I actually took, I think it took us six months to realize we needed somebody to focus on sales. We were so focused on all the other stuff that we weren't putting anybody into the pipeline because we were just, and we're like, you know, well, we opened with the assumption if we build it, they will come, which, couldn't be further from the damn truth. Sure. And, you know, then Julie starts throwing it. She's like, well, we need to put people in a pipeline. I'm like, what pipeline? <laughs> What's a pipeline? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are we are we shipping oil now? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, you know, I think, you know, people start off with that assumption and don't realize well, sales is a full-time job. And it doesn't matter what you're selling. Sales is a full-time job. Yeah. And, you know, there's such an emphasis nowadays on the marketing side of sales uh, or marketing. And then. You know, there's this belief that as an owner, if I just put out marketing ads and build funnels, that the customers will just come and, and they'll buy. And without realizing that, you know, that only gets them to your front door. You know, if you really want to get a, a contract, if you really want to get someone to pull the trigger, you have to have a sales conversation. And really the amount of effort in some cases that it takes for your marketing dollars to pe bring people in, you could switch that and provide someone who's reaching out to the right people from a, with a sales mentality and get the same results, if not better results. You know, what's interesting is, um, well, this has to make you feel good. It's not 
I think it's interesting, but it has to make you feel good that, you know, it used to be the salespeople were like the slimy people in, of the industry. And now it's marketing. <laughs> marketing is completely taken. They're sleazy, right? Well, at least a lot of marketers get that reputation just because there's so many different avenues and like, you can go watch a YouTube video and all of a sudden you're a marketing expert and you can like sell it to somebody else. And, <laughs> you know, so I have a lot of respect for salespeople now that I've been doing, I've never did it before in my career, have to do it here at SP Pace. And, uh, it, it's a, it is a different animal and there is at least one moment every day where I wish somebody else was just doing it for us. But then there are moments every day where I am grateful it is me because I am understanding better what our clients or prospective clients need. And it also helps me to really understand our business better. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Julie, I still think you're all slimy. So uh, <laughs> that um, does make me feel better. That's so weird. We we have to start wrapping up though, Sean. So uh, before we go, can um, is there anything that you can or sorry, sorry, is there anything we can do for you? How about that? <laughs> no, I again appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's been fun. I you know obviously I'm passionate about sales. I love to talk sales, but more importantly, I love to talk with people who understand entrepreneurship and you know, the world of small businesses, that's just uh, something that gets overlooked a lot. And so I think what you guys are putting together is great. Well, thank you. Um, can you tell our listeners how they can find you? Uh, yeah, they can go out to just-launch.com. So it's Just Launch is the name of the company. Uh, they can reach out to us to the website. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on social media. You can find both Just Launch and Sean Channel all over the platforms. Uh, they can listen to our podcast which is also called Just Launch. Uh, it's available everywhere. So lots of avenues to find us and reach out. Great. Well, we will put all that information in the show notes for our listeners. We are so thankful that you were able to join us. This was a really fun conversation. And in spite of what Corey says, I know he does enjoy sales and talking about it. So um, thanks to our listeners for tuning in and everything like i said everything sean just said will be in the show notes and if you want to work with us you can reach out to us on our website sbpace.com uh connect with us on our social media accounts we have linkedin tiktok instagram facebook and a youtube channel yeah and you can go and download let me try that again yes. i don't even know what those words <laughs> were download and rate our podcast subscribe and if you really are feeling generous why don't you give us a written review because Corey and I love to be judged. Little known fact. If you're interested in hearing any topics or you want any specific guests back on or on for the first time, reach out and let us know and you can do that on our website. Don't forget to purchase our book, Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. There is a digital workbook download on our website. It was a number one Amazon bestseller. And if you've already purchased and read the book, please go out, rate, and review it on Amazon for us. Yeah, I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this is BizQuick, and we are teaching entrepreneurs how to sell.